good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her. And today is a Celeste-led episode, so what are we talking about? We are talking about superstitions. What sort of superstitions? We're going to delve into four common superstitions and their origins. Okay. Which is... I don't know. I had a lot of fun researching this. <laughs> yeah. I, co- I kind of alluded to when we did the Will of the Wispus episode that I had like that lately wild book that yeah. had um, superstitions in it. Yeah. And I was like, it kind of sparked an idea of what are some of the origins of these superstitions that I kind I kind of do also. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that. All right. Let's dive in. Intro music. music. Intro music. <laughs> superstitions let's go okay so <clears throat> when i entered here entered the <laughs> i pulled up to lisa's townhouse i i knocked on a door and when they answered i went so i drove all the way over here i parked and i just realized that i forgot my laptop <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is you know what one could consider bad luck so i thought that was fun all right well, little way to start yes. the day <laughs> It's peak season. What is luck? I know, but to be, but then I remembered—not remembered—but I do have my uh, phone, which has my Google Docs. So All right, perfect. That's good luck, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna ask you first: How much do you believe in luck? Bad luck versus good luck? I think my philosophy is more aligned with karma than mm. with luck necessarily. Yeah, because it's sort of a—it's more like you get the energy back that you put out. Yeah, I I believe in that too. And yet, despite the fact that I know that it's not true, I still can't help but like think to myself. Yeah, because like for a while in high school, I had like a lucky pair of socks. Like nothing great happened to me in that in the pair of socks necessarily, but they were rainbow zebra striped, and (laughs) I liked them. And so therefore, like every time I wore them, it was sort of a it's yeah. a good day because I have my rainbow zebra socks. Exactly. <laughs> or I remember, I think in kindergarten, I was like number 19 in the class. Yeah. And then in first grade, I was also number 19. And that went on for a couple of years to the point where I was like, okay, 19 is my lucky number. All and right. it's not like anything in particular happened to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. It was just, but, you know, kind of instilled like when yeah. a certain number comes up. Yeah. But it's also it like... good or bad luck. 11-11 make a wish. Like if you're gonna... Yeah. If you're... I do that. <laughs> But if you're looking out for that, I think your brain knows to register that more often. One of the things with this research is that a lot of times humans recognize patterns. Yeah. So if you notice that, for example, if you're telling me wearing your lucky socks, yeah. something yeah. good happens, you're going to get that pattern and you're going to believe they're your lucky socks. Okay. We're going to start today's episode with what is a superstition? Like the dictionary definition? Dictionary definition. All right, what's the dictionary definition? So the Merriam-Webster definition is a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation, or an irrational object attitude of mind toward the supernatural nature or God. 
That's the Merriam-Webster definition. Okay. It's a little judgy, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. Then I went to the Encyclopedia Britannica, which Mm -hmm. is a little kinder, I think. Um, According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, superstition is the belief, half-belief, or practice for which there appears to be no rational substance. Those who use the term imply that they have certain knowledge or superior evidence for their own scientific, philosophical, or religious convictions. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Britannica goes on to say that often one person's religion is another one's superstition. So the Roman Empire Emperor Constantine referred to some non-Christian practices as superstition. But the Roman Catholic veneration of relics, images, and the saints is dismissed as superstitious by many Protestants. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so all religious beliefs and practices may seem superstitious to somebody who doesn't practice religion. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's just... It, it kind of is depending on how you believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a again, broader. One person's superstition is another person's religion. Exactly. Exactly. Also, superstitions often belong to a cultural tradition. Um, many persons in nearly all times have held seriously or half seriously irrational beliefs concerning methods of warding off ill or bringing good, foretelling the future, and healing or preventing sickness or accident. A few specific folk traditions, such as belief in the evil eye or in the efficacy of amulets, have been found in most periods of history and in most parts of the world. Others may be limited to one country, region, or village, to one family, or to one social or vocational group. Cool. So, yeah. Basically, everyone has their own little culture of superstitions. The superstitions we have in America aren't the same ones yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Well, and like, et cetera, even... Et cetera. Even, like, regionally, there's, like, in the American Southeast, you're, on New Year's Day, you eat a certain kind of thing. And oh, yeah. that's different from, than what you eat in, like, the Northeast or mm-hmm. the Midwest or whatever. And sure, there will be transplants from, like, the Southeast to the Northwest or whatever, who also will still bring that certain dish with them for New Year's Day. Yeah. But, um... Do you have a New Year's tradition of Um, eating a certain food? Because I do. So, (laughs) not really. My mom occasionally would do uh, black-eyed peas. I've heard of that. Yeah, because, again, she grew up in the southeast. So, I think it's black-eyed peas and spinach. Does it say why? It's something something about, like, prosperity or, like, something like that. There's, um, I think, the Spanish... I'm pretty sure it came from Spain because Mexicans, you yeah. know, my family's yeah. Mexican. We do it. The 12 grapes that you eat. What's the 12 grapes? <laughs> you you have a, like a cup of 12 grapes or you put 12 grapes in your champagne. I forgot. Um, and you have, you eat 12 grapes uh, when the clock strikes 12 um, because I think each grape represents a month of the year or something. Okay. Or I know that there's traditions for New Year's that's like the first 12 days show how the rest of the year is going to be oh yeah so like well even like politics the first hundred days of a term shows how the rest of the term's gonna go yeah is the superstition that has not always panned out (laughs) (laughs) i do think that it's kind of just people wanting to have answers when they don't know yeah what's gonna happen yeah anyway anyway that was a nice little tangent that is this is a very chill episode this is a chill episode but it's so fun Mm. and i i'm looking for and it's also like 
true to the name of the yeah. podcast. It's a very dreary day today. Yeah, you may be <laughs> able to hear all of the cars running through the rain today. <laughs> but yeah, it is a dreary noon. Yeah. Not a dreary midnight, but... I'm wearing yeah. a sweater. Lisa's wearing a t-shirt. This is yeah. a very chill yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. All right. <laughs> so, so, we went into the... So we went into the uh, definition of a superstition, and, and now I have four superstitions and their origins. So these are common superstitions, at least in America. Okay. Some of them have origins not in America, but I know that there's also superstitions like I think Jap- Japanese or Chinese where like you can't put your chopsticks in a certain way. Because it symbolizes death, yeah. sort of um, thing. We're not going well, to that. Even with like the number four in Chinese, oh, yeah, it, is it, very similar to, to the word the for death. death. And so, like the way we have trichotillophobia in English-speaking areas, mm-hmm. and so they'll skip like the thirteenth floor or whatever. But in China, China it's four. fourth floor. Yeah. So, the first superstition we're going to talk about is knocking on wood. Okay. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, common superstition is knocking your knuckles on a piece of wood to bring yourself good luck or to ward off bad luck. So I personally use it for warding off bad luck, like yeah. to unjinx myself. Yeah. So if I say, oh, I haven't gotten into a car accident, I would go knock on wood. Yeah. Because um, uh, that's the context in which I've heard it is to yeah. like unjinx whatever jinx you might have just put out. Yeah. And by the way, I have gotten into a car accident before. So I thought <laughs> so, that would be a safe example to use because yeah. <laughs> I'm not jinxing anything. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how I use it. Also, I know sometimes as like a joke, people will knock on their own heads yeah. well, so <laughs> if there's I've, no wood around. <laughs> I've heard of an origin story. I don't know Tell why. Me. I, I want to hear yours first before I go into okay. mine. Uh, so the origin story that I have heard, and I don't know how much of this is made up, but whatever, um, is you're n- knocking on wood to sort of notify the dryad that's living there. Don't don't take this as an actual thing uh and if the if there are no trees about to from which to knock a dryad out uh you knock on your own head to sort of whatever spirits might be about your head like don't take this seriously Ooh, that's fun every time see when people say knock on wood and they touch their head i just assume it's because like the hard-headedness or whatever <laughs> yeah. like people making jokes that they're made of their yeah. heads made of wood Maybe. like they're dumb or something yeah. <laughs> but oh, i like that yeah. also do you think there's a dryad living in your kitchen table i don't know <laughs> <laughs> if not i'm sure if there is i'm sure they're very fed up at this point because this is like a third-hand table and who knows what happened to the oh other God. times <laughs> um Okay, so... So what's the actual origin? Well, so the phrase knock on wood, um, or touch wood, as said in Britain, has been around since at least the 19th century, but like so many things, there is little agreement to how it originated. Typical. The first explanation traces back to ancient pagan cultures like the Celts, who believed that spirits and gods resided in trees. That's what I... Yeah, that's similar to what you said. Yeah, yeah. So knocking on tree trunks would awaken the spirits and call on their protection, or it could have also been a way of showing gratitude for a stroke of good luck. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That's but one. no hints on the head thing. No, no hints <laughs> on the head thing. Yeah. The only thing that I found about knocking on heads is just that people used it as like a joke or, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. tongue in cheek sort yeah. of thing. Right. Um, so, but I do like the explanation of spirits being in your head. <laughs> 
Um, another theory is that people knocked on wood to chase away evil spirits or to prevent them from listening in when they boasted about their luck. So if you knock on wood while you're talking, the spirits can't hear you over the knocking. Oh. And thereby they would prevent a reversal of fortune. Oh, okay. So, so one is sort of a welcome and one is sort of a farewell. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So one of them is like you want to knock because you want the good spirits to hear you or yeah. to like thank the good spirits. But then if there's bad spirits, you don't want them to hear you. Yeah. All right. So some researchers considered the origin of knocking on wood to be more recent. Okay. So... In his book, The Lore of the Playground, British folklorist Steve Roud traces the practice to a 19th century children's game called Tiggy Touchwood. <laughs> called what now? Tiggy Touchwood. What is that, a romance novel author? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're British, okay? They have weird names for things. <laughs> Still? <laughs> Tiggy, Tiggy, T-I-G-G-Y, and then Touchwood. So Tiggy Touchwood is a type of tag Okay. Where players are immune from being caught whenever they touch a piece of wood, like a door or a tree. Oh, so it's a, a form of base or something. Yeah. So Roud uh, argues, given that the game was concerned with protection and was well known to adults as well as children, it is almost certainly the origin of our modern superstitious practice of saying touch wood. The claim that the latter goes to when we believed in tree spirits is complete nonsense. So he doesn't believe in the tree yeah. spirits theory. However, I will say the that touch wood origin is great for Britain, but everywhere else people say knock on wood, <laughs> which it's not called yeah. Tiggy knock on wood. It's called Tiggy touch yeah. wood. So I yeah. still believe in the Celtic theory. Of- yeah. I think there's a term for something that that has the same or similar result, but the evolution to get there, the paths were very different. At Editing Lisa, if you find out what that term is, here is the chance to put it in. Hey, it's Editing Lisa. The term I was thinking of is convergent evolution or parallel evolution. Those are both biology terms. Don't know why I thought they applied to language, but here they are. Editing Lisa does so much work. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, future Lisa. (laughs) Shout out at Editing Lisa. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So anyway, while the origins of knock on wood are still debated, the superstition is still popular around the globe and has several local variations. So apparently Turkish people, what they do is they pull on one earlobe and knock on wood twice to ward off a jinx. Okay. And Italians actually say touch iron when they don't want to, when they want to avoid tempting fate. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if there's some sort of connection with like Vulcan or something for like old Roman deities or Greek deities. Ooh. Um, I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head if Hephaestus or Vulcan had very particular associations with iron or luck I mean, therein. But yeah, I don't know what metal was prominent. Maybe iron. Yeah. Well, pretty sure by the time Rome was an empire, it was in or past its Iron Age. Yeah. So. Yeah. I also wonder if the, and I have to look this up. Um, <laughs> I wonder if the touch iron has anything to do with like horseshoes being uh, put maybe. above houses. I didn't even realize the horseshoe thing was a thing, but James said that his parents' cabin has a horseshoe above their huh. door yeah. because that's supposed to ward off evil spirits or maybe. something. Well, uh, in an inevitable part two, yeah. uh, Lisa will use their classics minor and find that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, that is my the origins, as far as we know, for knock on wood. So for our second superstition, okay, we have walking under a ladder. Oh yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, Can we do it again? Where I guess what the origin is, and then you tell me if I'm right or (laughs) wrong. Yes. Yes, I love that. So my guess, again, from just having spent time on looking at these things casually is isn't it breaking the trinity where That's it's one like, of them. <laughs> uh where it's like the father son the holy ghost and somehow that makes it in tr- the ladder makes a triangle mm-hmm. uh, against the wall where it's like the wall is one end the ladder is, is the hypotenuse and the floor is one end and if you walk through it you're breaking some sort of connection <laughs> all right so next superstition no, <laughs> no but yeah that's that is one of them yeah. So, yeah, good. Wow. (laughs) I don't know where I found that out, but... uh, You know what? Accumulating knowledge just throughout your life probably is how you found that out. Yeah. But, dang, that was a good explanation. (laughs) I was like, dang, they're reading straight from my notes. (laughs) No, let's start off with... I I feel like I should give you, like, a prize now. Like, here's a jelly bean or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Um, so... All right. So first of all, practically you don't want to walk under a ladder because it could be dangerous because chances are if a ladder is up, someone's standing on it working yep. and you don't want to take the chance that something will fall on your head mm. or that you'll bump the ladder and knock somebody down. Mm. So practically wise, yeah. you probably yeah. shouldn't go under a ladder. Yeah. And other ways that this practice of not going under ladders may have originated besides basic safety rules. Uh, the first explanation is the one that you said rooted in Christianity. Many Christians believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In early times, the belief of the Holy Trinity made the number three sacred and made the triangle sacred. So a ladder leaning up against the wall forms the shape of a triangle, and walking through it would be seen as breaking the Trinity, which is not only blasphemous, but also could be attracting the devil. Well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, not not the best. Um, So don't want to break the Trinity. Uh, another belief as to why walking under a ladder is unlucky is that a ladder against a wall resembles a gallows because ladders used to be propped up to allow the person being hanged to climb high enough to get to the rope. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That one I think makes slightly more sense from a uh, practical lived experience standpoint. Yeah. Which also, doesn't that suck that not only are you getting hanged, but you have to like get climb your, up oh, yeah. to, get yeah, yeah. to make sure that's convenient enough <laughs> yeah. for people to hang you? Yeah. Um, And then there's a third theory that there used to be an ancient Egyptian belief that if you walk under a ladder, you might accidentally see a god climbing up or down. And we know how much of a dice roll interacting with ancient gods could be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially Egyptian. You're either going to get assaulted or you're going to die. Exactly. (laughs) So you don't want to, um, you know, take the chance. Yeah, exactly. If you ever do find yourself at an impasse where you must walk under a ladder, worry not, because there are at least five ways to reverse the curse. Okay, what are they? Okay. One, you can make a wish while you're walking under the ladder. Okay. Doesn't specify what wish to make, but I'm assuming a good one. Okay. Okay. Two, you walk through the ladder again backwards. Honestly, that one just seems more dangerous to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Are you allowed to glance over your shoulder first, or? I don't know. It didn't specify, but I feel like if you look over your shoulder, isn't that kind of defeating the purpose? Oh, true. You got to put your face in the spirits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three, put your thumb between your index and middle fingers as you walk under. 
But be warned that this sign is also seen as mildly obscene in some parts of the world. So maybe stick to America if you're going (laughs) to do that. Yeah. Four, say bread and butter as you walk under. Okay. That seems the simplest of all of them. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Or five, which is my personal favorite. Cross your fingers and keep them crossed until you see a dog. (laughs) Which... Seeing a dog seems like good luck to me. Yeah. So yeah. so it does seem kind of interesting that like some of them are, you can kind of tie which solution might be in which culture. Uh-huh. Because uh, the thumb one, in my brief exploration of Egyptian mythology, Egyptian mythology is very horny. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Should we do a whole episode of horny myth- Egyptian yeah. mythology? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so there's that. And then there's the Christian one is apparently crossing your fingers is can also be an indication of the cross or yeah. something. And they just put the dog in for flavor text, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe but, it's because dogs are the opposite of cats and cats are bad luck. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but either way. Yeah. So, yeah, if you ever uh, my suggestion is don't go under a ladder. But if you have to go under a ladder, just cross your fingers until you yeah. see a dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's number two. That's number two. What's number three? Number three is breaking a mirror. Okay. Do you want to take a guess as to why it's bad luck? Classics minor in action. Here. So. This is a collaborative episode. (laughs) All right. So from what I recall from the brief railways into Roman history, Mm -hmm. there was a, as I recall, a philosophy that the soul regenerated every seven years. And so a mirror was reflecting back your soul in its current iteration. And if you break the mirror, you preemptively kill that iteration of the soul. And it's seven years of bad luck because you have seven years until you're fully regenerated again. Once again, <laughs> holy shit, nail on the head. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm so glad that I have multiple origin explanations because yeah. otherwise you would just be doing the entire episode. Oh, my God. No, that's so yeah. good. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, it's surprising that you that he said you studied more Greek, but then you went into the Roman explanation because yeah. there's also the Greek one. Okay. Well, what's the Greek one? Okay. So, first of all, breaking a mirror. This superstition that's between 2,000 and 2,700 years old. Okay. Uh, which is breaking a mirror brings seven years of bad luck. Ooh. In both ancient Greece and the Roman Empire, reflected images were thought to have mysterious powers. All right. So the Greeks believed that one's reflection in the surface of a pool of water revealed one's soul and that spirits lived in reflective pools of water. Okay. So think of like Narcissus who yeah, died yeah. because he was so spellbound by his own reflection. Isn't that a Hera curse though? Yeah, but I mean, it's it has the similar. <laughs> yeah. it, it, he didn't die because he was looking in the mirror, and because he was looking at his reflection. But there was obviously like kind of a connotation with yeah. reflections yeah, yeah, during yeah. that time. Yeah. So when Roman artisans learned to manufacture mirrors from polished metal surfaces, they believed their gods observed souls through these devices. Mm. So to damage a mirror was considered so disrespectful that people thought it compelled the gods to rain bad luck on anyone so careless. Oh, damn. It was also disrespectful to the craftsman who made the mirror, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> because that, yeah. that too, like, yeah. it took so long and it took so much effort that, yeah. like, that you would break something like that yeah. was so, How dare you? How dare yeah. you? Yeah. And mirrors weren't as commonplace as they yeah. are nowadays. Yeah. So, recap. Because reflections are known for showing one's soul, breaking a mirror would mean breaking the soul into pieces. Oh. 
Sand the soul, now severely damaged, isn't able to fully protect its owner from bad luck. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, some explanations say that the damaged soul would even seek revenge on the person responsible for breaking it. Oh, even going as far as being responsible for the loss of a close friend or the death of someone in the household. Oh, shit. So if you break a mirror, you might lose somebody yeah. in your family within seven years. Yeah. Well, I wonder, though, like, how much is of that is caused by you being stressed out about mm-hmm. this potential thing happening. You know? That's true. I think, like you said, the karma thing, um, yeah. everything that you put out Comes is back. kind of the energy that yeah. you come, come bring in. Yeah. Which is why, you know, if you have a lot of stress, everything's going to seem yeah. stressful and you're yeah. going to attract more stress. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I wonder if that is a contributing thing towards it. And like, if that's always going to be in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. um, if someone dies, is it going to be... Are you going to think, even if it's like a random car crash yeah. or something? Correlation like, <laughs> not equal yeah. causation yeah, yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I feel like most of these superstitions come with that yeah. kind of... Also, seven years is such a long time yeah. for bad things to happen. Yeah. You could right? say, it's because I broke that mirror four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then if the bad thing happens at year four, are you going to suddenly relax for the last three years and not correlate it? Because, oh, the bad thing happened at year four. Or is it constant bad things happening? Yeah. yeah. And Who like knows? you said, so the seven years, where did the seven years come from? The ancient Romans believed that the body renews itself, every, renewed itself every seven years. So while your bad luck wouldn't last forever, you would lose one of your body cycles. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. So that's where the seven years come from. Um, I wonder, like, especially during ancient times, because it was, like, seen as disrespectful to break a mirror. Like, you break a mirror and that craftsman hates you and the craftsman family hates you. And it just makes it, like, just a a (laughs) rolling ball effect of everyone thinks you're awful and clumsy (laughs) and stuff. Well, and if you're community feels much smaller like i'm sure there's a finite number of people who are skilled enough to make a new mirror yeah and now you're stuck with the other guy who might not be as good for however long <laughs> like so anyway. who knows who knows all right so this last superstition is has the longest spiel okay and it's our last one for today all right and that is it is bad luck if a black cat the black cat crosses your path so i'm pretty sure you would know the explanation for this one but you want to take a stab i mean i don't know this is the one that i'm blanking on actually really my guess is its connection to witchcraft but Mm -hmm. then i don't know the origin of its connection to witchcraft so tbd (laughs) yes you are correct in that it has a connection to witchcraft okay and i am happy to tell you the origin all right of let's hear it to witchcraft okay so this one a lot of my sources were like from the history history channel um website? what's it called website yeah okay which i think is a reputable source because okay. um they they put it everything in a nice little timeline for you <laughs> do they cite their sources oh yeah they okay. look at all the oh yeah perfect citing perfect. sources here yeah anyway one of the oldest and most endearing superstitions is that crossing paths with a black cat will bring bad luck. Okay. Now, the connections between humans and cats can be traced back to some of the world's earliest civilizations. The most common, uh, most commonly known in ancient Egypt, cats were considered divine symbols. Yeah. Yep. Um, but cats also made an appearance in Greek mythology. 
is it Hecate or Hecate? Hecate. So Hecate, the goddess of magic, sorcery, the moon, and witchcraft, was described as having a cat as both a pet and a familiar. Okay. Which, for those who don't know, a familiar is a supernatural creature that assists a witch, according to European folklore. I mean, a lot of Greek mythology has animal symbolism yeah. uh, just in general. Uh, Hera was a peacock for a while and a cow yeah. for a while. She's often called cow-eyed, uh, which is the epithet oh. for if your eyes are really big and rounded dark, you're called cow-eyed. Really? Um, I've yeah. heard of the peacock one, but not yeah. the cow one. I think the other more common one that's known is um, Athena is an owl. Yeah. 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 The owl is Athena's yeah. symbol. Yeah. So apparently Hecate, her animal was a cat. All right. So um, written records link black cats to the occult as far back as the 13th century. So BC or AD? AD. 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 Okay. After Christ. Yeah. Because Pope, <laughs> Pope Gregory the Ninth issued an official church document called Vax in Rama in 1233. And in this document, black cats were declared as uh, incarnation of Satan. The decree marked the beginning of the Inquisition and church-sanctioned witch hunts. Well, damn. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it started off as like a way to get like this Lufus- Luciferism kind of cults that was okay. starting off out of uh, in control yeah yeah something like, to do with lucifer something to do with lucifer this cult that was originally lucifer it was an attempt to get it under control and then it just led to all of the that. witch hunts yeah. because everything leads to the witch hunts eventually <laughs> uh in addition to their early association with satan cats also became linked to witches in medieval europe okay. so according to seridwin falling star <laughs> Say that one more time. Seridwin? I'm pretty sure it's Seridwin. It's C E R R I D W E N. Caridwin? Caridwin? <laughs> Hang on. How do you spell it again? Caridwin. Did you look it up? Yeah, and it was just listening to the Google thing a couple of times. Caridwin, <laughs> uh. Falling Star. According to Caridwin, Falling Star, a Wiccan priestess and author of Broth from the Cauldron, a Wisdom Journey Through Everyday Magic. Witches were the pre-Christian pagan practitioners of Europe. So although the early Christian church in Europe coexisted with witches, as the church gained power, they saw witches as their direct competition in gaining the hearts and minds of the people. And that's when the church began hunting, persecuting, and torturing and killing witches in vast numbers mm. because they were seen as competition. Okay. You know? This is a quote from Falling Star. Okay. Witches honored the natural world, having deep respect for plants and animals. Affection between human and animal, therefore, began to be seen as diabolical or devilish, and the old lady with her cats became seen as suspect. Hmm. So according to Falling Star, she says that because the people who were accused of witchcraft had a deep connection with nature and animals, mm. therefore mm. animals became evil because they're, you know, yeah. associated okay. with the witches. Okay. <laughs> Did you look something up? No, I just found her website. So that was that explanation. Okay. Um, early Christians All right. also saw witches and cats as threats. So there's another quote from Falling Star. Mm -hmm. Cats, like the women accused of witchcraft, tend to exhibit a healthy disrespect of authority. Yep. They don't fawn like dogs upon even the unworthy. In the church, neither independent women nor independent animals were to be tolerated. So, well, and that's the frustrating <laughs> part because, like, it really started to 
that sort of philosophy really started to ramp up in like the medieval period into 17th 18th century because that's Mm -hmm. when rich trials started but like if you go back to actual like first or second century ad women were at the forefront of a lot of the church's expansion there were major leaders in early christianity Mm -hmm. but it wasn't for another couple hundred years before the uh sexism started getting in the way (laughs) (laughs) but i always thought it was interesting because falling star obviously it was her thing that was like oh yeah um pre-christian like uh early christianity and witchcraft used to coexist which Mm. is true yeah like she said it but it is true like there have been other evidences that have you know kind of shown that and it wasn't until people were like wait maybe we don't want people to have independent thoughts oh my god like you know the how (laughs) the freaking witchcraft which hunt craving was started by a guy who was just like a total uh noob incest (laughs) fucking incel (laughs) or whatever like okay the 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 you know this what's the um pamphlet or the book like malefice malice something malefice malficarum yes that that it was just uh written by this guy who was like all women are evil because this woman thinks I'm oh, lame. Because <laughs> Eve was tempted by Satan, and <laughs> it was it was like it. L- watch OSP uh, overly sarcastic productions video on werewolves because suddenly somehow that's yeah. on there. But basically, um, it started off as like this one priest or monk. He had problems with this one woman who was like your sermons are lame and you make me uncomfortable (laughs) and he was like as a result i'm going to accuse her of witchcraft and the judge was like no that's stupid um (laughs) well was witchcraft a felony by that point witchcraft they couldn't even they at that point the christian viewpoint was well witchcraft doesn't exist because that would go against god like believing that it exists sort of thing because only god can you know make things like supernatural things happen Uh. so then obviously witches don't exist because humans can't do that okay and then he published this book and every and that was like women are all evil and every and they they're all witches and they deserve to be killed and they all are in league with satan And although the learned people were like, well, that's not true. Uh, it was a fear-mongering tactic. Yeah. And yeah. we know how much crowds love fear-mongering. Yeah. So, uh, for more info, uh, go to the Witch Trials episode we did. Exactly. Um, because the, I think I did a timeline with that one. Anyway, yeah. point being, um, so basically, wild. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, pre-Christian, they didn't care of, not pre-Christian, early christians didn't even care about witchcraft because they didn't even see it as a threat and it wasn't until people were like but what if it had to do with satan yeah well and i wonder (laughs) if it's just sort of the power shift of because there was as you say there was a while where it coexisted because um it was they were called cunning folk and Mm. it was just sort of like herbal remedies because you don't own microscopes in 1086 or whatever but, yeah, no. Uh, and so, somehow the woman who's in the woods and using like actual herbs to cure ailments has a yeah. bigger success rate than just praying yeah. the sickness away. Because uh, get this, if you put a poultice on something, it has a 
chance to do something about it. Sometimes that thing is uh, harm, but you know. Yeah. At least it has some reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it probably was a combination of sexism and like a couple of people incorrectly identified plants and yeah bad reactions and so on and so on yeah yeah anyway so black cats yeah sorry another tangent a but tangent, re- a tangent. A relevant yeah. tangent yep. early christians also saw witches and cats as threats there's another quote cats like the women accused of witchcraft oh i already said that the exhibit a direct authority yeah. what's it called they don't respect authority obviously a dog will love you no matter what a cat you have to earn its trust and sometimes even then it might scratch you yeah so cats are a lot harder to see as like cute affectionate like cuddly things yeah you know especially if it's a cat with a a mission especially during that time where cats weren't necessarily pets yeah yeah so at some point the pairing of witches with cats snared down to black cats although it's not entirely clear why that happened hmm. uh but uh, one explanation is that black cats are better mousers because they're they can't be seen at night they have a better hunting advantage and so women or witches would usually have black cats hmm. because it was just like practically it made more sense yeah um in my person this is my personal opinion hmm. like me celeste's personal opinion the fact that cat that black cats can't be seen at night, in my opinion, th- I think it makes them more mysterious and more unknown. Yeah. And people love to fear the unknown. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love... The- I've told you this before. Yeah. I love the fear of the unknown. And if I could figure out a way to make an entire episode on it, I would. <laughs> yeah. But think of like you're looking in the woods and you just see a little pair of eyes. Yeah. And you well, how often has that been used in like horror movies or like mm-hmm. horrific suspense sorts of like you build suspense because all you see is this couple of pinpricks or whatever yeah. um like even i think it wasn't that used in snow white mm-hmm. the animated movie i think so yeah 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 and yeah because when she's like in the forest yeah um scared and she just sees a bunch of eyes staring yeah. at her yeah um but think of also like a black cat at night like you're basically just seeing an amorphous blob yeah (laughs) and it's it's worse than seeing like a tabby yeah you know well because if you until you get closer the amorphous blob depending on the size of the cat Mm -hmm. could be like a cat could be a baby wolf or fox or something that will hurt you could be again you're a spirit yeah your cat a but, will of the wisp <laughs> <laughs> maybe who knows but like that's what three or four potentially dangerous things versus one potentially useful thing which is a cat and so it's what are the odds and so that's kind of suspicious yeah yeah so um, so yeah it's not technically like i don't think there's any technical origin as to white black cats but i i personally think it's just because they're spookier yeah because of how they look yeah and because, you know, amorphous blob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyway. Eventually, the fear uh, surrounding black cats and their association w- with witches made its way across the Atlantic, courtesy of Puritan colonists. Woo, Puritans. <laughs> That's probably how they would have said it, too. I mean, Woo, they, Puritans. They were very we sad hate people. <laughs> fun and enthusiasm. <laughs> If we could outlaw fun, the, we would do that. They have the energy of the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Bueller. Oh Bueller. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So because the witches had cats as pets, it eventually evolved into the idea of that witches could turn into their familiar. 
aka cats. Oh, yeah. So that probably came from the Puritans. Okay. So, oh, so, by the way, the 2015 movie The Witch, by directed by Robert Eggers, does a phenomenal job at capturing the beliefs and fears about witches okay. and their familiars in Puritan times. Okay. And I feel like we could make I could make an episode just about the symbolism in that movie. We should maybe another uh, day. <laughs> we should do a Patreon episode on that. Yeah, yeah. it's so I don't like horror movies. I don't Same. know if that counts as a horror movie, but as like suspense. But yeah. when I took my class on um, like supernatural fiction or whatever, yeah. um, that was the movie we saw in class. And the teacher was obviously like pointing out like, oh, all the, you know, symbolism in the witch yeah. and yeah. how like this all pertains to. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So I recommend that movie. All right. If you're interested in witches. Yep. All right. So. During the Middle Ages, it wasn't uncommon for cats to be killed, given their association with evil, unfortunately. Um, and some people blamed cats for spreading the bubonic plague and used that as another reason to get rid of them. Wasn't that counterproductive? Yes. Now that we found out that it was on the rats. <laughs> Hilariously. <laughs> in a bit of hilarious irony. Hilarious for me, but not for the people at the time. The killing of cats helped fuel the spread of the, pla the plague because it reduced the number of cats that could hunt rats and the disease spread faster. Because now we know that the plague came from fleas that were on rats. Oh, no. And if you kill all the cats, yeah. then there's no cats to hunt the rats. Yep. So. Is that whoopsie doodle? Whoopsie doodle, indeed. This is why superstitions can be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Given the belief in medieval Europe that the devil and witches were capable of taking the form of black cats, it makes sense that the superstition surrounding crossing their paths developed. Since a black cat crossing your path might be on a mission from a witch, or it could be the devil in disguise. And no one wants to cross paths with the devil. So this explains why a black cat crossing your path is considered a bad omen. Alright. Yeah. So... This notion continued into the Renaissance, when a black cat crossing your path might have indicated that a witch had sent a familiar to do you harm. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's where we get to superstition. Yeah. So when you cross paths with a black cat, it could be a familiar, it could be the witch, or it could be the devil himself. That is the origin. However, the idea that black cats are bad luck isn't universal. Okay. Some cultures believe that black cats bring good luck. All right. Yeah. Where are they so I can move there? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the resemblance to the cat goddess of Bastet, 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 uh, led them to be honored in ancient Egypt. Obviously, makes sense. And in other countries such as Scotland and Japan, they have been black cats have been known to represent prosperity. Um, so apparently whether Black Cat is viewed as a benevolent creature or an evil supernatural force is entirely based on whichever lore you are likely to embrace. Yeah. So personally, I don't think Black Cats are bad luck. And I think, I think they're adorable. I think they're adorable. I Every time I see a cat pros crossing my path, I see it as like oh, a kitty. Oh, a kitty. <laughs> also, I think Black Cats are really cute. Yeah. Um, and, I, and now... <laughs> Ever since How to Train Your Dragon came out, all black cats look like toothless. Oh. Right? Don't yeah. they? They're the oh big green eyes. Well, didn't they say when they were trying to do the animation that they, they reference black cats? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, he has much he has a lot of cat like energy. Yeah. I feel like a dragon would have more cat like energy of being like skeptical, but then once you get to know them once yeah. they trust you, they love you. Yeah. As opposed to a, just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that is the origin of black cats. Now, those are the four superstition origins that I covered today. However, I didn't even get into like other superstitions such as stepping on cracks, yeah, uh, spilling salt, um, like we alluded to before, the horseshoe on top oh, of the yeah. door. Or I didn't even touch a. I didn't even mention the number thirteen. Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. So if you, I mean, I'm interested in doing a part two on this. Yeah, me too. So uh, if you have any suggestions or just superstitions or things that you had heard of your grandma's cousin's brother's potato mentioning, uh, send us an email, uh, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com. Before we head off, do you have any superstitions in your family? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Not that I can think of either, but maybe in part two. If, yeah. If you, if we have a chance yeah. to think <laughs> well, of them. None that were specifically said in the sort of like, you should do this because yeah. something's going to get you. Nothing like that. But again, I had like a couple of personal things. Like with the, the, the socks. Lucky socks. Yeah. yeah. Well. I had stuff like that. But I would love to do a part two because yeah. this is a lot of fun to research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, any topic suggestions, uh, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com or I guess send us a message on Instagram as well. Yeah. Uh, at Pod. Comment what your superstitions are. Even if it's just a personal thing, do you have a pair of lucky socks or lucky other things? Or even just like little rituals that you do to make you feel better about something. Um, I do the sound of the cross every time I go on the freeway okay that's one of my rituals i don't know my parents did it and so now i do it (laughs) do you have any uh spirits on the freeway today (laughs) (laughs) so do you have anything like that um again drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com or at drearymidnightpod on instagram leave us a review on apple podcasts or on spotify I think with Spotify, you have to listen to a certain number of episodes first, but, uh, but Apple Podcasts. easy to do. Yeah. But <laughs> Apple Podcasts, uh, leave them reviews to get us up further in the algorithm. Um, yeah, yeah. With all that said. Don't um, go under ladders. Don't break a mirror. Uh, or else your body will take a long time to regenerate and you're going <laughs> to piss off someone who puts some effort into the mirror. And uh, always knock on wood. Always knock wood. <laughs> and so with all that said, safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. Good night.